Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the very first podcast of Exit Light Inner Podcast. I am Brandon Johnson with my co-host Bradley Bledsoe. We're excited to get this thing going. Uh, going to do a little quick introduction. Uh, Bradley, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? What's up? What's up? My name is Brad Bledsoe. I'm uh, 26 years old down here in the great southwest Virginia, Jonesville. I've uh, been coming to Hokie games for about uh, seven or eight years now since I got out of high school. My best friend went to school there, so we got into a bunch of games. And we're excited to get this podcast off the ground, get ready to roll, people. Good deal. Yeah, I'm, uh, my name is Brandon Johnson. Uh, me and Brad, uh, we live real close together. We've been going to games for the past two or three years together. Became pretty good friends. But uh, I've been going for 22 years now. Uh, my dad started taking me when I was about 12 years old. Uh, so it's uh, became uh, quite the tradition. Uh, I'm a Hokie through and through. <clears throat> Blacksburg holds a very special place in my heart. So this is a pretty pretty big deal for us to get this thing going. Uh well, let's, you know, let's get right into it. Uh, how about them daggone Hokies, man? This team is rolling. Uh, <laughs> me and Brad was at that Duke game, and we thought we was donezo. We thought <laughs> we thought the season was over. And, uh, man, how this, oh, how this team has it. turned around. Uh, we have uh, turned it completely around and <laughs> – we got all the goals right in front of us. Brad, you want to you wanna talk a little bit about the turnaround? Well, honestly, I mean, we were at the Duke game. We said the whole time, I mean, what are we doing here? We've got this guy on the bench that fits the mold perfectly, exactly what Virginia Tech has succeeded with from the beginning. I mean, from, from the very start of the greatness of what Virginia Tech Hokies football looks like, we've had a guy like Hendon Hooker. I mean, I really hate to hate on guys, but Will is just – I mean, he's just not a fit. I, he just doesn't fit what we do. I mean, I, I hate that, but it just, it's just the truth. And we've got a guy sitting on the bench. We were talking at the Duke game. We've got a guy sitting on the bench that fits our mold perfectly, and we're not utilizing him. And, I, and we said from right there, this guy's going to turn – I mean, he could turn our season around if we just give him the chance, I just didn't. I never honestly thought Fuente would give him the opportunity. I mean, I, I just thought he's going to keep trying to make Willis into his little project all season long, no matter what happens to the season itself, because I don't know if he was trying to turn Willis into some NFL prospect or if he thought he was a quarterback whisperer. But, man, just putting in Hendon Hooker just gave the entire team this, this moxie, that, you know, even some of the players have talked in post-game press conferences about how much of a swagger he brings to the offense, how he keeps the entire, you know, the offensive line engaged and the wide receivers engaged. And, I mean, that kid is just absolutely balling out for us. I, it's unbelievable what one guy – and I know there's more that's went into this turnaround than just that, but it seems like from that change is when everything started going a different direction. Yeah, I agree. And uh, let's not let's not discredit the addition of Jerry Kill. Jerry Kill came in, and 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 uh, I was listening to John Laser and Mike Burnham's pregame show, and they said the first thing Jerry Kill told them was, you know, this team ain't tough enough. And uh, and I can agree with that. Ever since Jerry Kill's come on board, this team 
it's just they've up up their uh, you know they're up, up their level of play and God it's just it's unreal the turnaround here uh, but uh, yeah the, you know Hooker Hooker's uh, it, <laughs> he fits the mold you know Gerard Evans he showed us what a dual threat quarterback can do in this system and uh, he set all the records <laughs> his first year with Fuente and you know Hendon Hooker's just he's really he's really it uh he's uh what we needed um brad you want to recap this georgia tech game uh 45 to nothing beat down we gave bud foster a shutout to leave on couldn't be any more happier about that um just great to see you want to talk a little bit about georgia tech You know, I think the key to the game, uh, the Georgia Tech game, was just uh, our momentum, really, right from the get-go. It seemed like the offense was in rhythm, you know, as soon as we come out the gate. I was really impressed with uh, Hendon's, you know, ability to get the ball distributed to a lot of different receivers. We had eight, ten receivers get touches. Uh, I think one thing that we need to work on is getting the ball more in Tavion Robinson's hands. That kid is electric. Uh, he, I like him on the punt returns a lot. I really do. But I think he needs to do more of this uh, jet sweep offense we've been so accustomed to seeing. You know, I mean, if we're gonna run that, we need to run it. You know, get the get the ball in the hands of the guys that can actually do something. I I love Trey Turner coming off the block on, especially on the left hand side when we pull James Mitchell on that wide side of the field. It seems like if you can get Trey Turner in in that big side of the field, he can make people miss. He only had one carry for 39 yards, but I think going forward, if we're going to keep doing that, we need to get him about two to three touches a game in that same set, especially we're on the far right side of the hashes. Let James pull off the left-hand side. He's one of the best blocking tight ends in the country, really, and I think the same for Tavion Robinson. His speed is probably unmatched to anybody on the team. I I think that that's something going forward we'll need to we'll need to implement a lot better. Uh, I think the, probably the biggest stat of the game: no turnovers. You know, when we win the turnover battle, we win the game every single time. It's been like that since I was a kid, and I think probably. Probably the probably the biggest thing is just winning the turnover battle. You know, the defense was swarming the ball, tackles from a lot of different starters. We got the second team involved really well. Uh, I think it's going to take some of those guys in some of these later games. Uh, you know, Pitt's going to wear us out. UVA, Bryce Perkins is going to be running a lot. Some of these starters are going to get tired, and we're going to need some of these younger guys to step in, especially on some second downs and stuff, to give these guys some breaks. And getting them some reps in this Georgia Tech game was huge. You know, letting them get some live game tackles and tackles for loss and sacks and stuff like that. Getting the team deeper and, you know, better prepared for some of these bigger games coming. Hope to God we can get against, you know, Clemson. We're going to need that that deep roster to, to... shine through especially late in the game you know Clemson's gonna test us if we can get there and we'll need those guys to show up yeah that, that's some great insight uh 
my biggest take, I guess, from the game is uh, the emergence of Keyshawn King being able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, <coughs> he gives us that one-two punch with McLeese. McLeese has played really good over the past few uh, games. Uh, he's finding the holes, getting some uh, good yardage, uh, some downhill running. Uh, but uh, with uh, Keyshawn King catching the ball out of the backfield, is just electric. I mean, he had, I think, close to 90 yards against Georgia Tech, and he's a broken tackle away from scoring on a couple of those. And, uh, man, that and another thing, that defense was swarming all day long. I mean, we was up big in the first half. We come out in the second half, you know, you expect a letdown. It never happened. Uh, Bud Foster kept the foot on the gas. He, you, you could tell he wanted that wanted that shutout. He wanted one more shutout. I hope he gets two more during the rest of the year. But uh, it was great to see. This this team's flying high right now. Got all the momentum. Um, hopefully we can take it right into Pittsburgh and, you know, right up the road to Charlottesville. Um, you know, with that being said, I guess uh, we're going to go right into the to, to the preview for the pit game, Brad. Uh, you know, this is uh, two evenly matched teams on paper, almost mirror images of each other, identical. You know, I think we're giving up a little bit more points per game, but uh, total yardage on offense is just uh, it's almost identical. So this this is going to be a good one in Lane Stadium Saturday. I think one of the keys to the game is going to be Bradburn, and I wanted to bring that up due to the fact, you know, he was the semifinalist for the Ray Guy Award uh, today, and and he is going to be such a weapon against some of these teams that we have a lot of similarities to, Pitt and UVA both, really. And, you know, pin, being able to pin them deep in their own territory is something that he's done really well all year, and... I think that's going to be a key to us winning the game, giving our defense that shorter or, you know, the longer field, really. But, you know, guys like Caleb Farley swarming the ball and Dax and, you know, some of these other players that are, that are you know, creating turnovers really well right now, I think that's going to be a key to us winning the game, winning the turnover battle, getting some of those shorter, uh, shorter fields for the defense. You know, Oscar Bradburn's going to be a key to that. And, you know, especially because – Pitt's defense, number one in the ACC in sacks, three out of the top five pass defenders in the ACC, probably the stoutest run defense we've faced except for Notre Dame. Uh, great third down package. They blitz from all the different gaps. Uh, they get after the quarterback really well, and, and I think it's going to be key to see how we can adjust to what their packages are going to look like, how we can uh, distribute the ball quicker. I think that's a, you know, one of the things Brandon was talking about was Keyshawn King, and that's a quick play that can develop fast, and when we've got guys who are rushing down our throats, Hendon being able to get rid of the ball quick is going to be a key to us keeping drives alive and using their strengths against them. Now, go ahead and bring five or six guys. We're going to sneak King off the backhand side, and he's going to run about 45 yards up the up the field on you. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think the weather's going to play a lot of, a big factor in this game. Uh, it's calling for maybe a mixture. It's going to be a little cold. Uh, you know, I know I know it's cold up north where Pittsburgh's at, but, but these Virginia boys and these boys down south were, were built for that kind of game. Uh, <coughs> but it's going to be all about momentum. I mean, we've, we've got out front these past two or three games and kept the momentum and, you know, played like we wanted to finish the game. I think that's going to be a big key. Uh, you know, if the defense keeps playing hard uh, – 
you know, last week was uh, Bud Foster's, you know, farewell game, but it really wasn't. That was very cool to be a part of. I was there. It was pretty emotional. Very cool. Good to send him out like that. But but this game's going to be the real send-off. It's going to be senior day. It's going to be a special day. It's going to be Bud Foster's last game in Lane Stadium. The stadium, they haven't announced it yet, but I think it's going to be sold out. I'm pretty sure it will be. Um, Lane Stadium needs to be lit. We got some big time recruits coming in, you know, which bridges right into our next segment is recruiting. And we got this, we're going to come back to the Pittsburgh. We're going to predict the game at the end of the seg- at the podcast. So, um, but we have this uh, <laughs> big movement on social media right now, Texas to Virginia Tech. Uh, Brad, you want to speak on some of these recruits coming in? Yeah, I think the, the Demetrius Davis pickup was absolutely huge i mean he fits the mold so perfectly for what we you know we were talking earlier about hendon hooker fitting the mold for what we've succeeded with throughout the last you know 20 30 years and he comes right in behind that now we've got you know one of his buddies gonna be there to on saturday brandon campbell uh three or four star running back out of texas you know big time recruit just reopened his recruiting and now he's gonna be in blacksburg saturday we got this big time tight end uh let's see you know brandon frazier he's gonna be there we've got you know we've got another guy cornerback out of georgia t denton three-star recruit just reopened his recruit it seems like oh, there's a lot of these guys that have just reopened their recruiting and now all of a sudden they're going to be in lane stadium you know a couple times over the past couple of weeks we've had a lot of movement in that and like Brandon was talking we've got a lot of movement from kind of the western side of the country this texas and now we've got a we've got a guy that's going to be in lane stadium on saturday bryant watts he's a linebacker out of oklahoma i mean some of these guys that are getting recruited by texas and oklahoma they've got pedigree national champion aspirations every single season we start getting some of those guys stolen from them who knows what we could look like and a lot of these guys fit the mold for what our defense and offense both have looked like and maybe even better recruits than we've gotten in the past. And I'm excited to see where we can take that, especially some of these young defensive players that can come in, learn from some of these older guys. We've got one of the, you know, we've got a a young defense right now, but as they grow, some of these classes, the 2020 class isn't as impressive as the 2021 class is shaping up to be. Some of these guys are going to be seniors then, showing them the lunch pail defense way, and that will allow us to kill. That's how you keep traditions alive. That's how we keep what Virginia Tech means to all of us on defense. That's how we keep that going is to get some of these guys that are that are like some of the greats we've seen over the last 20 or 30 years. Yeah, I mean, we I speak a lot about momentum. Uh, we got to – you know, deep down, I think Bud Foster might wish he was coming back as, after seeing this defense, how they're playing so well. But uh, <clears throat> when it comes to recruiting, we got to keep this momentum. Um, got to keep the momentum going, uh, and that's going to come with the next big hire. And it's got to be a home run hire. I, I know the fan base wants the home run hire to be Torian Gray, and personally I do too. He's a great recruiter. He, he, he worked under Fuente and Beamer for a few years uh and then I think he went to Washington Redskins, and now he's back to Florida, and everybody knows how good their defense is. And, uh, you know, he, he's just a great recruiter, and he, he learned under Bud Foster. He can 
continue that tradition. But, I mean, if we swing and miss on him, I'd like to see us maybe give Justin Hamilton a shot. Uh, you know, he played Virginia Tech. He's been learning under Foster. So he, he can just pick up and continue the lunch pail tradition. Uh, but, yeah, man, uh, recruiting's about to pick up. Uh, the 2020 class might be – little weak i don't think we had many positions to offer many scholarships to offer i don't know but 2021's really looking pretty special you know just to piggyback off that coaching hire you know i i've seen some rumors floating around that maybe a couple of weeks ago we had actually already signed a guy kind of in the shadows and you would have to think that would be somebody from outside of the program because if it was someone from inside of the program one would assume they would have already kind of made that announcement or made that known to the public and also the recruits that it is going to be somebody within the program. I I wonder if that means we're not going outside of the program. I've seen that uh, you know, Missouri's not having the best year, and their head coach is actually Justin Fuente's last defensive coordinator at Memphis. So you, one would have to wonder if, if he were to – get the can at Missouri, I wonder if Fuente wouldn't try to sweep in and and get him get him in the program. You know, he likes his buddies, Cornelson as offensive coordinator, as much as everybody's called for his head, he's still around. And you you wonder if that doesn't mean if something happens with the Missouri job, if he wouldn't end up being the defensive coordinator, or if it may be a guy like Torian Gray, but you would think if, if the rumor is true about it being a couple of weeks ago, kind of a shadow hire, you would have thought if it's somebody in the program, we would have heard about it by now. I mean, that's a very interesting tidbit. Uh, recruiting, you know, it's going to, it's going to really pick up here. Uh, we, might, we might get some late flips with, uh, pl- you know, high school playoffs coming to an end. I know a lot of players like to uh, wait till the season's over before they commit, you know, get on the stage and do all that. But uh, we might grab a couple late commitments, and uh, who knows, man? Who knows what, what's in store? But uh, <laughs> that's it for recruiting. But can we talk about Coach Mike Young and what he's doing with his basketball team? He showed up with four players on his team, and uh, he brings that hard-nosed mentality. <laughs> a lot of people's calling him Frank Beamer and Sneakers. <laughs> if you haven't had the chance yet, you need to listen to his uh, post-game interviews and his uh, pre-game shenanigans, eating popcorn on the bench, watching his team warm up. Uh, I know we haven't played the stoutest of competition, but uh, to be 4-0 with the young team that he has, uh, the emergence of Landers Noli, I think he was, what, ACC Player of the Week this week, Freshman of the Week, and, uh, you know, Hunter Couture, he's shooting the lights out, and P.J. Horn, you know, he's playing he's playing center, but he's like six foot five, so he's, he's really playing well for us. Uh, I know we got some big games coming up. Brad, you want to speak on those? You know, I, I, I love basketball probably as much as I love football really and I've I've wanted this Virginia Tech team to be to be good in basketball for so long and we had such a such a big deal with uh old Buzz around and you know after he left I know there was a lot of disappointment around the program but man Mike Young has really showed up he's got us playing so well I mean the passing the ball really well playing real hard-nosed defense you know I, I know we haven't like Brandon said, we haven't really played the stoutest of schedules, but I remember just if not that long ago, we were in uh, two- and three-point games with teams like Lehigh, and now we're spanking them 30, 40 points. I mean, 
you know, the the line on that game was 14 and a half. I think we won by almost 30. So it's stuff like that that makes you think, what does this team really look like? And I, I think that we will find our measuring stick here coming up next week. We play Michigan State, at, you know, in Maui and – I think that's going to be where we see where this team actually is. If they can play a close game with Michigan State, what does that mean for their ACC schedule? We've got Duke coming up the week after that. I believe that's at home. We've sold out every home game this season. I know that one will be another one. So it seems to me like I'm I'm ready to see where this team's at against real big competition, see what that defense looks like against a team like Michigan State, and see if we can carry that into the ACC play. Yeah, I mean, if we can just split against Michigan State or Duke, uh, you know, Coach K don't like playing at Duke, uh, Virginia Tech. <laughs> How many times have we upset them here lately? Uh, I, I think they had Zion. I don't think he played last year, but, you know, it don't matter. They have top talent every year, year in, year out. You know, they come they come to to come to the castle, and the castle guard's rocking. Anything can happen. I mean, it's all about momentum, and, you know, anything can happen. Uh, I see us being – Right now, predicting middle of the pack in the ACC, but if we can finish 500 with a young team like this, I think it'll get us an eight or nine seed in the tournament. Then who knows? I mean, they'll grow up a lot by then. <coughs> Honestly, I don't even i don't I don't know that we're going to finish that low. I mean, I can't even name more than three or four teams better than us right now in the ACC. I I know the the teams we're all going to say Duke, North Carolina, Louisville. But when you start getting into teams like Boston College, Florida State, Clemson, we've already beat once, uh, I'm not sure that we're any worse than any of those teams. I could easily see us finishing top four, top five in the league. You know, anything can happen in the ACC tournament. When you're playing, when you're playing these teams night in and night out, they start getting tired. And, and sometimes teams like us who are well-conditioned, well-coached, hard-nosed defense. Sometimes that makes for the biggest upsets in the ACC tournament, especially with you've got night-in, night-out huge talent that you're playing against. I wouldn't be surprised if I didn't see a deep run out of this team in the ACC tournament and taking some big momentum into the March Madness. I guess only time will tell that. <laughs> Look forward to watching Mike Young and Frank Beamer and Sneakers continue his uh, growth of this team and uh, – and, you know, really looking forward to that. But, uh, you know, as you know, we don't we don't only speak about Virginia Tech sports here. Uh, we're, 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 uh, we live down here in the, you know, the heart of southwest Virginia. It's all about football down here, you know. They eat, live, die by it, you know. But uh, I'm guessing we had some pretty big games going on here lately. The uh, Mountain 7 playoffs is going on. Uh, but man, we have had some Division One talent around here lately. Mac McClung, James Mitchell, Trenton Atkins. Now you got Mason Polier. This is, you know, we got a fine crop of young men down here that's uh, really making us proud. Uh, I want to speak a little bit on uh, Mason and Trenton. Uh, just uh, Mason, uh, I've watched him quite a few times this year. Just a hard nosed Southwest Virginia player. Plays both sides of the ball, never takes a down off. You know, the dude's exhausted, but he, he don't ever quit. You know, that's what you like to see. Uh, but uh, <coughs> but Mason on the year, you know, he's had 120 tackles, two interceptions, 
five forced fumbles, one defensive touchdown. That's just on defense. And then, you know, when they when they turn the ball over, he's got to go run the ball. So he's got 1,780 yards rushing, 30 touchdowns, and 6.4 yards of carry. It's pretty pretty good considering what he does on both sides of the ball. And uh, then you got everybody that's heard about Trent and Atkins over there at Ridgeview. Uh, Dude just puts on a show every game, and he's usually out by halftime. But uh, through 11 games, he had 221 carries and 2,722 yards, 47 touchdowns. I'm not, I'm not sure what the record is in Virginia, but that's got to be close. I don't know. But uh, 12.3 yards of carry, and, uh, man, I, I was uh, fortunate enough to watch them two <laughs> go head-to-head a few weeks ago it was on tv and everything it was just it was a clash of the titans kind of deal uh, but yeah i'm you know proud of those guys and they're representing southwest virginia pretty good both of them's got division one offers and uh but man it was a uh, glad to, i was glad to see mac mcclung come out of his shooting woes there last night against georgia state <laughs> had 25 points and led the team to victory uh good to see for Mac, you want to speak on Mac or anything there, Brad? Yeah, I, I I love watching Mac play, and I was I've been disappointed. I I wonder if Georgetown's using him correctly, and we've spoke on that a lot. And I just I want him to I want him to have the ball in his hand more often. <laughs> you can see what kind of magic he can pull. I mean, he led them to victory, and they're really not a great team right now. But when he's got the ball in his hands, he's so electric, and he he's such a good distributor and when he gets in the lane, you have to respect his layup package is so intense, and he can throw it down on the tallest guys on the court. And you just – you really have to respect what he has to offer, and he's such a good distributor. I wonder why they're not using him in more of a fashion to where he does more of that slash the lane, kick it out style. Like, you know, everyone compares him to Allen Iverson. He goes to – he broke his records in Virginia. He's going to the same school. And I, I don't know why they're not using him more in that way. It seems like when they do, they end up winning ball games. So it's – I wonder – I hope they continue to use him like that, and that will probably end up turning their season around. Hopefully Ewing can get his, get his act together up there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he's got Mac playing at the two guard. Mac's maybe six foot two. I don't know. I don't see it. I've stood right beside Mac before, and I might have been taller. I don't know. But, it, you know, uh, he's got NBA aspirations, and he's just not going to be a two guard in the NBA. I mean, if he's going to be anything, he's going to be a point guard. I mean, he can he can guard the point guard, but, the, you know, the typical shooting guard, six five, six six, six seven. So, I don't know. I'd like to see him in the point guard role as well, but – uh Anyway, we got a big game coming up here in Big Stone Gap. Uh, Friday night, we got Ridge, uh, not Ridgeview, but we got Graham versus Union. Union pulled the upset not long ago. Uh, had the had this area buzzing for a little while. You know, Union might have peaked then. I don't know. They ain't been firing on all cylinders since, but <laughs> it's playoff football here in Southwest Virginia. Uh, we're going to give a little game prediction on this, uh, Brad. You want to you want to give one? Well, let's see. You know, I I think the key to the game is going to be is that great Union defense going to show up. They you know they were great at the beginning of the season. Their defense is so stout, and then they had a couple of hiccups there. Wise Central with the big upset, and maybe not an upset after their win this past weekend. And I, we'll see what the defense looks like coming out against. 
Graham's offense. I think that's going to be the key to the game is how can they hold down Graham's Graham's offense. I'm going to go ahead and say 24-14 Union. I think the defense is going to show up. I think that coaching staff is going to have them ready to go. Big crowd, big game. I think they're going to roll it. Yeah. You better get there early Friday night, folks. Uh, Big-time football in southwest Virginia. Uh, you know, the weather might help Union. I think it's calling for maybe a mixture of snow and rain. It's going to be cold. Graham runs a spread offense and, you know, uh, pack the park. That's what they say down there in Big Stone Gap. Uh, they're going to have the 12th man behind them. I don't know, man. If if they can get by Graham, who knows? Let's go twenty one seventeen Union Bears and, uh, and folks. It's been a great podcast for our first time, and we're going to close this thing out with a uh, you know a pit prediction. Brad, let's hear it, man. Uh, you know the the defense does make me wonder what the coaching staff is going to be able to do on offense. And it, the last couple of weeks, we have shown some resolve to changing what we can do, especially. When Hendon gets back there running that RPO and some of those some of those jet sweeps have been working so well and I really speaking to what we were talking about earlier with the with the Keyshawn King getting the ball out really fast let's let's see some some good runs good mixtures of some screen plays some bubble screens jet sweeps I want to mix it up on Pitt's defense I I know they've got a great defense one of the best we've played but I honestly think this offense has turned a corner a big one and I the defense has too but certainly the offense is absolutely different than what it was before Hendon so I I'm going to go out on a limb, so we bust the door open early and often. I'm going 36-24, Virginia Tech Hokies at home, getting the big W and continuing our uh, run toward the ACC championship game against old Clemson. Yeah, man, Lane Stadium, I hope it's a sellout. I hope it's going to be lit. I hope the Terror Dome's back. Bud Foster's last game, senior game, senior night for all the seniors. I know we ain't got many, but the two or three that we do have, let's send them out on a good note. You know, the Terror Dome, let's go, let's go get them. Uh, let's send old, let's send old crybaby Narduzzi back to Pittsburgh with a, a 31 to 14 lunch pail win for the Hokies. Uh, I know, uh, let's finish this thing up, man. You got any final thoughts? Uh, I know we, uh, we got a little movement on Twitter trying to get to 500 followers. Uh, you want to speak on that a little bit? Yeah, we've we've got a little little giveaway going on. We're gonna we're gonna maybe give away a little hokey gear once we get to 500 followers. So give us a like and a retweet on that, and let's get once we get up those 500 followers, we're gonna do a random random giveaway on those on those first 500. To, um, a little hokey gear or something so if you don't care give us a like give us a share a follow retweet whatever it may be uh we super appreciate you listening to this first podcast and let's go hokies yeah like follow subscribe hokey nation we got the best fans in the country we will see you next week peace thank you